Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Thursday, November the 1st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we preview Dolphins and Jets this Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium. I unveil the scariest moments this century for the Miami Dolphins organization, and we continue the daily conversation about Ryan Tannehill's shoulder. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and find my work as well as my entire team of writers' work up at LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the Locked On Network, as well as some of the other homes for my work, 3rd10.com, PalmBeachPost.com, and FanRagSports.com. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat and Locked On Magic podcasts for all the local coverage of your favorite NBA teams. We have tons and tons of injuries and news to get to, so let's go ahead and do that first. All right! The Dolphins injury report once again is very, very lengthy. We'll get to that here in a second. But up first, the Dolphins did make some roster moves this week as Sylvester Williams and Ziggy Hood, a pair of street free agent defensive tackles, were added back to the roster. And Mike Hole was activated from the injured reserve. He will play a special teams role this Sunday against the Jets. The other two defensive tackles are going to have to play pretty quickly because without Jordan Phillips, without Vincent Taylor, they're down to just two bodies there. The disappointing Akeem Spence and, of course, one of our favorites, Devon Godshaw. But that position has been hamstrung, as have many other positions. Kenny Stills and Charles Harris were both at practice, but both were deemed DNPs at Wednesday's practice. And Xavier Howard caught an injury somewhere and was limited on practice on Wednesday. I'm not panicking over that one just yet, but I do not recall seeing him get nicked up. So that's a bit of a concern. The rest of the injury report on Wednesday goes as follows for the Dolphins. Jesse Davis, AJ Derby, Kenyon Drake, Jakeem Grant, Rashad Jones, Ted Larson, TJ McDonald, Robert Quinn, and Travis Swanson were all full participants in Wednesday's practice. The limited participants were Xavier Howard and Ryan Tannehill, who still isn't throwing passes yet. We'll get to that here in a second. And the DNPs were Kenny Stills and Charles Harris, so they are awfully banged up. However, for the Jets, they are more banged up than the Miami Dolphins right now as far as active players. Quincy Anunwa, Robbie Anderson, Mo Claiborne, Neil Sterling, Steve McClendon, Frankie Louvu, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, Tremaine Johnson all did not practice while limited participants were Spencer Long, Marcus May, Kelvin Beecham, and Jordan Jenkins, and then full participants in practice for the Jets on Wednesday, James Carpenter and Trenton Cannon. Both of these teams, both Miami and New York, in desperate need of a bye week to try to get healthy. And one player for the Miami Dolphins that has not gotten healthy, quarterback Ryan Tannehill, has been ruled out for the fourth consecutive game. And that leads us into our first down topic for the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins And first down here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast is brought to you by Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. And on Wednesday, I posted a poll up on Twitter asking if Ryan Tannehill doesn't play another snap again in 2018, 
would you want him back on the Dolphins roster in 2019? And this, of course, doesn't take starting status or contract into account. I think both of those ships would sail, at least as far as being the unquestioned starter if Tannehill does not play again in 2018. But the results of that poll at the time of recording this podcast were 61% in favor of not bringing Ryan Tannehill back. And that's 1,000 votes. So 610 folks said they do not want to bring Ryan Tannehill back this coming offseason if he doesn't play again. And this is a topic because, well, frankly, I think Adam Gaze is full of shit. We know he's not always truthful at the podium, and that's certainly his right and his prerogative as a coach. Even as a member of the media myself, I don't think coaches owe us a damn thing. I do appreciate levity and transparency from that position, but Gaze is hardly the first coach to take that approach, and he certainly will not be the last. But where the disconnect for me comes from is the changing story. He has continued the theme of reiterating it's a rest thing, not a surgery thing, but I don't know about many injuries that remain sore for four weeks after the fact unless something needs to be cleaned up surgically, especially in the NFL. And there's a great Twitter account out there, a doctor, I believe it's Dr. Chow, who mentioned back when the injury against Cincinnati occurred that he believed Tannehill did suffer at least a minor tear of that labrum in his throwing shoulder. And if that, if that's the case... I just don't see the path where Tannehill gets back to this team, certainly not with the same conviction and trust from the staff and front office that they previously had. I think this this would be it. It sucks. It sucks really, really bad, especially seeing Matt Moore, Jay Cutler, Brock Osweiler, quarterback, your favorite team. And I do kind of hope the anti-Tannehill crowd from the past few years enjoys watching these shit quarterbacks because... This is what it's like to not have a quarterback. The stuff the Dolphins have seen the last two years, and whatever you think about Ryan Tannehill, he is better than what the Dolphins have got from the position the last two years. The problem with reacquiring new quarterbacks or trotting out new ones year after year is that it's tough to find a good one, and it's tough to find one better than Ryan Tannehill. No matter what you think of Ryan Tannehill, it is hard to upgrade on a guy who is a good player, not great, but a good player, It's just not that easy. There aren't 32 great quarterbacks walking this planet right now, and the Dolphins and every other team wants to find that one if they don't already have it. And if you guys are interested in turning the page, that Teddy Bridgewater column up on LockedOnDolphins.com was received pretty nicely. A lot of research went into that. Check it out. The Bridge to the Future at Quarterback up on LockedOnDolphins.com talking about Teddy Bridgewater and piecing together the dots and the breadcrumbs from the last two years that would suggest that Bridgewater in Miami is probably the odds-on favorite this offseason. Personally, I would go after Bridgewater and draft Tyreek Jackson from Buffalo and just continue to invest resources into the quarterback position. However, that's down the line. As for the present, we have a game with the New York Jets on tap. We're going to preview that contest as well as a belated Halloween celebration with a special segment. We'll get to that here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast in a minute. But first, a word from Swap.com. And whether you're buying clothes for yourself, your wife, your kids, we all have the same complaint. How much we pay for new brand name clothes. Why do we buy new kids clothes if they just outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? Well, there is. Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. 
With Swap.com, you don't have to drive to store after store, sifting through racks. You can easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find exactly what you're looking for. Every single year, we waste over 14 million tons of textiles. Shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can feel good about. And you can also feel better about your wallet after using Swap.com when using special offer for our listeners only, 35% off select items with your first order when using promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, for 35% off select items. Plus, you can find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. That's Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. It is a post-Halloween edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We have a football game to talk about in a couple of days. I know these last 10 days have seemed like an eternity talking about the future, the uncertainty at quarterback, the uncertainty of the head coach, but they still are going to play the game on Sunday, and who better to get our mind off of all this negativity than a date with the New York Jets, a chance to sweep the Jets, a chance to move to 3-0 against the Jets at home under Adam Gaze, and a chance to get to 5-1 against the Jets under this current regime. And if you look back at this Jets team, not a lot has changed from the one we saw back in Week 2. They want to run the football. In fact, the only games they've had very impressive showings offensively were games where they ran the football. But the good news for the Dolphins is the Jets' running game doesn't really travel on the road. At home, they average 4.6 yards per carry. But when they go on the road, that number drops all the way to 3.5 yards per carry. Sam Darnold continues to be loosey-goosey with the football. They want to run this West Coast principle zone-blocking scheme offense that really requires that the offense is perfect, can't make mistakes the way the Dolphins' offense has been under Adam Gaze. It's kind of the same story. They want to go play action. They want to run the ball effectively. They want to get into third down and manageable and create first down opportunities and move the chains. But fortunately, again for Miami, the Jets' offense averages eight yards to go on third downs this year, which is one of the worst rates in the NFL. None of the Jets' receivers, running backs, or tight ends have played more than 63% of the Jets' snaps this season, with Robbie Anderson as well as Quincy Anuma possibly out in this game, and Bilal Powell on the shelf for the rest of the season. I just don't see where the Jets find their offense in this game. And that's all compounded by the fact that Sam Darnold will give you chances to take the football away, whether it's a strip sack or an interception, as we saw up in New York the last time these two teams met back in September. This offense is going to struggle to find its way And I believe, I hope, I suppose, that that's the case on Sunday, despite the fact that the Dolphins are trotting out a brand new defensive line with Sylvester Williams and Ziggy Hood, who are both going to play a lot in this game. They have to, just based on the rotation numbers and what Devon Godshaw and Akeem Spence can give you. Now, defensively, it all starts with Jamal Adams and Leonard Williams. We've known that for a long, long time now. Jamal Adams is going to line up all over the field, whether it's too deep, in the box, even man up in the slot. He is the linchpin of that impressive defense. And the same way Rashad Jones comes down and covers that strong side C gap or even blitzes off the weak side C gap in the running game, he is the engine that drives that car alongside Leonard Williams who can beat the tar out of whoever he lines up across on this Dolphins offensive line, particularly if it's left guard Ted Larson or maybe even Wesley Johnson who comes in and replaces him. So those are the two guys they have to take care of. The Jets pass rush, 
Doesn't really offer a whole lot. It sounds like Tremaine Johnson, the one of the top cornerbacks on the roster, could be out for this game. Mo Claiborne, like we mentioned, did not practice on Wednesday. This team is very, very banged up. And if the Dolphins lose this game, I think that points to much, much larger issues, despite the fact that they're injured, despite the fact that Brock Osweiler is at quarterback. Whatever the excuse is, the Dolphins probably should put it aside for this game because this Jets team is not a good football team. They're playing on the road where Miami is a good team at home. And then you just factor in where both of these teams are right now. I think that Miami coming off that beatdown in Houston, anytime that's the case, especially with a long layoff, a team has a, a week or even more than a week to sit and stew in their own disgust with themselves. They tend to bounce back in a positive way. You compound that with the fact that the Jets just don't match up against this Dolphins team that well. Their own coaching staff has plenty of problems on their own side of the ball. Plenty of Jets fans, as you guys heard John Butchko on the Crossover podcast yesterday, talking about how Todd Bowles is kind of losing his luster, I suppose, in New York if he already hadn't done so before. They don't seem to be too keen on him in the future. They're going into a very crucial offseason. I think this could be a game where the Jets start to kind of fall apart and begin to really punt on the season if they haven't already. And because of that, because of the fact that the Dolphins have shown much more metal than the Jets in these situations under these respective coaching staffs, I think the Dolphins get the running game cranking. I think they fix the defense, if only for just one week, and they take care of the Jets on the final possession of the game, whether it's a score to win the game or a stop to prevent a Jets comeback. I think the Dolphins win this game 24-19 to on Sunday, get to 5-4, and four, head into Lambeau with a chance to really shock the world and put themselves back at 6-4 and four, heading into the bye week and really undoing all this negative will we have created for ourselves the last couple of weeks. So Dolphins 24, Jets 19. That is your official Locked On Dolphins prediction for the game. The Dolphins get the sweep against the New York Jets. But let's go ahead and turn the page now on the Locked On Dolphins podcast and lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. And as we have done on the podcast here the last couple of weeks on the lock segment, I like to give out a couple of these, one from a gameplay perspective, but also one that kind of surrounds the outside part of the game in terms of fan involvement or just the general discussion. My lock of the week, I have two for you guys, and I think they both will happen. The first one is whoever loses this game, and this is kind of a just banking on the fan bases of both these teams, whoever loses this game is going to blame it on the injuries. The winning team will talk crap to the losing team and the losing team will reply by saying we were so banged up. It doesn't even matter. We're on to next year. Yada, yada, yada. The excuses will pile up for whichever team loses the game. Now, as far as the actual lock it up on the game, I am going with the Dolphins getting multiple takeaways off Sam Darnold. I think they'll probably finally get a strip sack, which I believe would be the first one of the year. As crazy as that is to say, Cam Wake always does well against Brandon Shell and Robert Quinn, who has been close all year, but hasn't quite gotten home. I think he has a chance to get Kelvin Beecham, who is banged up, and the Dolphins secondary will get back to their interception takeaway formula that had them working so well the first few weeks of the season. So the two lock it ups, whoever loses the game will complain about injuries and the Dolphins will get multiple takeaways from Sam Darnold. And next on the podcast, I know it's post-Halloween, but I forgot to do a Halloween segment on the show yesterday. So November 1st, we're going to celebrate Halloween with the five scariest moments for Dolphins fans this century. We'll do that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingful NFL at Locked On Fins. Thursday on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, November the 1st, we turn the page to the final two months of the 2018 NFL season. It has gone by. 
so fast and it seems to go by faster and faster every single year. And I always love to use the holidays as benchmarks or checkpoints for the season as Halloween has now passed and we are halfway through the season. I wanted to use a Halloween theme because this is my favorite holiday and one of my favorite movie franchises of all time. So let's go ahead and talk about the five scariest things that have happened to Miami Dolphins fans this century, post-2000, post-Dan Marino. And number five on that list as we cue the music here, watch out for Michael Myers. Number five, the back-to-back -back losses to the Bills and Jets back in 2013 with a playoff spot on the line. They scored seven points in two games. Ryan Tannehill got hurt in the Buffalo game, was ineffective in both games, and the team around him let him down in so many ways. Just an ugly showing after one of the greatest wins this franchise has had this century beating the Patriots at home one week earlier. Number four, what can Trent Green do that Jay Fiedler can't do? The famed Dave Wanstead line when he refused to replace Jay Fiedler and ruined those legendary defenses of the early 2000s for the Miami Dolphins. So Trent Green, or Jay Fiedler over Trent Green, number four. Number three, there's going to be a theme here, guys, with quarterbacks. Number three, Dolphins take Jake Long atop the 28, 2008 NFL Draft over Matt Ryan, the Dolphins could have been in a position where they had consistent quarterback play for the last two decades with Matt Ryan, but they chose to take an offensive lineman. He gets injured all the time, very often, and cannot play beyond 2012 for this Miami Dolphins team. Number two, passing on Aaron Rodgers for Ronnie Brown. I know that's really hindsight and the fact that 25 other teams passed on Aaron Rodgers, but Miami was going into that season with Gus Farrat at quarterback and decided Ronnie Brown was more important than a quarterback. And number one, the Drew Brees Chronicles. What else could it be? Both occurrences, 2001 taking Jamar Fletcher over Drew Brees when they already had Patrick Sertan and Sam Madison before the nickel defense was a big deal. And then back again in, 20, in 2006, they go with uh, Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees. Just catastrophe after, after catastrophe franchise-altering decisions this team has made over and over again, and that's why they are where they are. They cannot make a decision at quarterback, not the right decision anyway, but if you want to be an optimistic Dolphins fan, and you probably should be, the good news is they're going to get another chance here in the next couple of years to rectify that and get everything corrected, and then we'll all forget about these awful years of poor quarterback play and mediocrity in the NFL. And we are almost out of time on this Thursday podcast, but did you guys think I would really send you into the weekend or into Friday with a negative view of this team? You guys silly? That's not the case. That's not how I do things around here. And as I record this podcast on Wednesday on Halloween, it is the five-year anniversary of one of the best moments in Dolphins history. And I think it was the second game in NFL history to end in this fashion. Let's go ahead and play the highlight. Third down and 10, Dalton is on end zone, and down he goes into the safety ball game. It is Dolphins win. Dolphins do win that game back on Halloween with the Cam Wake walk-off safety of Andy Dalton, and what a moment that was for all of us as Dolphins, and easily the best moment in Halloween history for this Miami Dolphins team. And we can continue those good vibes with a win over the Jets on Sunday. Sweep the Jets up on out of here for the second time in three years. 
I'll be back with you guys tomorrow to discuss that game further as well as have a Twitter mailbag for you guys. But as for today's podcast, that is my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great Halloween, a great rest of your Thursday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.